Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. Thursday, May 12th, two days after the primary. We've all survived. I am your host, Jack Riggins, and Johnny Cadillac is on the producing board. Uh, haven't had a whatever Wednesday, it feels like, in a while. Tried to have a little one yesterday, but it was important to get Jim Pillen on and Matt Schulte. So we'll have a talkative uh, Thursday. Rick Stein Recognition Hotline is open, 402-479-1400, as well as the text line. Johnny and I will get to uh, whatever you want to talk about, Lincoln and Lancaster County. Happy to do it. I want to... I'm going to interrupt you already. I want to give a shout-out. Yeah, your mic's on. but I wanna, <laughs> Yeah, my mic's on. Is yeah, your mic on? Yeah, my mic is on, too. Okay. But I want to give a shout-out to the couple people we did have call yesterday. I thought we had some good calls, even though we didn't get to have as much of a whatever Wednesday as originally planned. But still good calls. Still good calls. So, again, talkative uh, Thursday. Call lines are open. Uh, feels like we haven't had it in a bit. Uh, Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402 402- Four seven nine fourteen hundred and the text line. I, as you know, I'm pretty religious about getting back on the text line uh, before I leave the studio on anything that's going on, Lincoln. And in typical fashion, uh, Johnny has been chomping at the bit uh, to get some airtime. He does do a phenomenal job behind on the board and cutting up uh, different sound bits uh, for the newsroom and and usually then the morning show in the morning. And uh, as you know, I always say Johnny Cadillac because he loves uh, pro wrestling. He is an announcer in regional wrestling. So the I, I like wrestling. It is one of my favorite things, folks, to uh, decompress and, and watch. I've loved it since I was a kid. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting that we linked up here. Uh, so I had promised him I will take him to lunch, as you recall. And I will do that. Today I got a little busy for uh the commander and so uh i had said well let's do lunch and then we'll just kind of have a uh maybe flip the script a little bit uh with johnny and jack and uh, at the same time we're having call-in so we'll do that too i am happy to announce you'll get to hear it uh, when it's posted but i just got done finish taping um governor ricketts podcast which he puts out and highlights uh, several Nebraska, you know, Nebraskans every week or as much as he does the show. So I enjoyed that. We have tried to schedule and COVID happened. And so it was fun to go in there. I, I can't say enough how much I love the state capitol uh, just as you walk into it and the way it's laid out architecturally, the murals. I, I just, I, I don't know what to tell you, Nebraska. I, I'm very proud Nebraskan, and uh, when I go to the state capitol, I can remember trips uh, for school where we would go and get tours of the capitol, and I just think it's a cool building. And so anyway, um, that'll be out there, which is a total flip script. Governor Ricketts asking me questions about my background here in Nebraska and SEAL Team and lessons learned, and uh, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy... Um, as honestly, until this, I got on this radio show, I, I wasn't very involved or following politics opposed to just voting. And uh, it's an interesting game I've been watching over the last year. All right, Johnny, we got some callers. Well, let's uh, let's go to caller number one. 
Uh, caller number well, one, because I don't have my board up yet. Uh, it's well, every man damn. Oh, every man damn. Welcome to Drive Town Lincoln. Yes. Hey, thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Hey, Commander, I wanted to talk about Joe Biden and then the local elections and the school board, if I have a moment. Um, you have so, a moment. Uh, okay. So uh, I think that uh, Joe Biden really does have to resign uh, because of his dementia. And this would be a really a good boost for the elderly because it could show that the elderly are valuable and they're and we have to take care of our vulnerable seniors and they should be protected. And, and, and they, the administration could make it into a, a, an effort that they could show that uh, there's a commitment against elder abuse and, and against death panels like uh, Bill Gates jokes about the death panels. Well, here's the deal, Dan. It's no surprise to me, and and I've been very hard, actually too hard, on Joe Biden. I, I've crossed the line a few times when I've talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you can't walk it back once you've said it. Sure. But it, the real issue, and, and you bring up some points um, that are legit, but the real issue is, yes, is he cognitively capable of being the president of the United States? And I think that... There's a lot of doubt in there, and depending on your politics, uh, you see more, you see less. But clearly, uh, he struggles cognitively, and I think the American people uh, deserve somebody that's cognitively all there. And and, and the right thing to do for the American people, the American dream, is to resign. Absolutely, and I think that it's a mistake to say that, well, Kamala will be worse, but I, I can't imagine that she'd be worse. Because she'll be held more responsible than, uh, and, and won't be able to get away with as much as, as the um, the unfortunate um, president. Yeah. Well, uh, um, how about local issues? Because I know you follow local issues quite a bit. Absolutely. Well, I, I was pretty excited about the local elections. It shows that incumbents are really vulnerable, especially if they aren't with the majority of the people. So, oh, conservatives, you mean? Marxism. Well, not just conservatives, but I think it's going to trend uh, for the, the uh, left liberals as well, because... Um, They've been pushing this cultural Marxism and uh, in the in the schools, in the county, in the city, and I think that they're going to be they're very vulnerable with that. I think Deb Shore uh, showed that. And then um, also with the have you heard about the school board is limiting free speech? They're planning to uh, reduce the time that citizens can speak before the school board from five minutes to three minutes. So they're going to vote on this, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. So that's a forty percent cut in time. And the reason that they're cutting the time is because people are mad and want to talk to the school board. Right. The, the cultural Marxism and the CRT and stuff like that. It's just, it's just nuts. So, so their response is to, to make people stop talking. Yeah, good, good information, Dan. I'm going to move on. I'll comment on some of that stuff. Uh, but good information there. Thanks, Commander. You bet. Uh, to go backwards, yes, I actually... Um, Got a lot of information sent from concerned parents and people about uh, this potential change at LPS. And as I recall, I think it was last week's school board or two weeks ago. So very busy with primary stuff. Um, but I have read about it, and I do have some information. And certainly, I look at it two ways. There's no doubt in this given time right now that parents across the nation and here in Nebraska are fired up. And I encourage them to, again, peacefully uh, state their opinions, go to the boards peacefully and, you know, write letters, call, become active. It is concerning 
that the school board would limit. I'm sure on their side of the justification, you know, cutting 40% of the time, so to speak, uh, they would say, well, we can get more people in and hear more opinions. Uh, once again, when you're used to doing something one way, five minutes, and all of a sudden national issues as well as state issues with CRT, sex ed, et cetera, et cetera, start getting contentious, and that's what they are. It's a interesting time to say, hey, we're going to move down to three minutes. Now, parents obviously want their time, and they're really going to want their time in school board if they're going to their local principals or local teachers and nothing's getting done or the appearance of it's not getting done or, or frankly, the justifications they're giving uh, aren't satisfactory. So you go to the school board where it's on record, you're on record, they're on record, and that's where you hope for change. And that is the right location. However, just like we had in the primary, folks, school boards are elected in. And so if you don't like it in the way it's being run, you have to get out and vote. And I suspect I will say that on this show for however long I'm on this show, you literally get the government you deserve one way or another by going out and voting. Not exclusively, but I'm talking generally. And the fact is, on most of these issues, our school board is more left than it is right, as is our whole government in Lancaster County and Lincoln. Of course they're going to do that. What you need to do is yes, you need to peacefully speak your mind. But you have to mobilize and go out and vote. And I just said that in Lancaster County we had 32%, which was the state average, but that's not good enough, especially if you're a conservative. Especially if you're a conservative. You have to go out and vote as a conservative base on united values and issues that conservatives champion. And so you can spend all the energy you want, and I don't agree with the school board even considering it, but you're not going to change it until you go out and vote and get balance on the school board in our system of voting. Now, you can get enough upswell of peaceful protests and and make it so hard on them and clearly you know i'm happy to cover it that you can put essentially political pressure on them not to do it but i mean the last i checked or the year i've been on the radio the only thing that's got done was state school board on crt and sex ed you know getting that on a pause as well as fairness ordinance on a pause so part of this is what i'm trying to say is Conservatives, myself included, we got to start playing the long game. We got to start playing the long game. We have to have generational voters always out there and candidates so that you can vote these people out that come up with these ideas. All right, let's go to Charlie on line two. Welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, Jack, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Hey, I'm uh, one thing real quick before I talk about what I called about. I would be a little worried about going to the school board and being too contentious or emotional. 
because you could have the FBI show up on your doorstep. <laughs> well, I, you know, that is a fair, that's a very fair comment and fear given what we know about some of the things nationally. Well, and isn't that scary, Jack? That, that, well, it's that flat wrong. Creep in, this should creep into anybody's head and start, you know, intimidate people from being able to express themselves and express their viewpoints. But anyways, uh, I'm, I'm calling about another local issue uh, that has come across my radar. It's the wilderness uh, park housing development that uh, has just been uh, put through by the city council and signed off by the mayor. Are you aware of that? I am. I've been tracking it a little bit. The last I heard is... Uh uh, I'm going to call it uh, Native American spiritual grounds. You know, there's a fight kind of about that as well as the zoning for what they want to do there to Wilderness Park. Right, right. Well, it seems curious to me because when it came up, I thought there's no way that this is going to get through because we have a left-leaning city council, basically, uh, and mayor also. Well, the whole city elected for the most part is left. So I think what yeah. you're, where you're going to go or where I went right away when I heard the story was no green space and bike trails well, and all of that. Why would they take historical wilderness park, which means a lot to a lot of us and put a housing right. complex on it? Well, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just the nature aspect. And you think about green everything with the left, right? And nature is paramount. Uh, that this was a no-brainer, but then you throw in the added part or the added thing about people of color and Native Americans and indigenous people and their concerns and their, uh, you know, interest in this. The people that actually signed off on this, and uh, Mayor Baird was one of them, and one of them was uh, Bowers on the city council, certainly plays pays lip service to those things but it's curious to me that when push came to shove there was all sorts of uh guffawing and excuse making for voting the way that they did it rang hollow for me a conservative who cares about wilderness park and cares about native americans to tell you the truth and i would suggest that maybe you should get kevin aberrant on your radio program so he could express his views on this because frankly there's not been much media attention to this done i was just going to ask you if you know anybody and i'm giving a shout out to folks involved uh in it in opposition um you have a welcome invitation to the show and i will uh i'll I'll find a way to reach out to kevin yeah kevin apparis he's uh, been a spokesperson so he shouldn't be too hard to locate he's on facebook Okay. Yeah, good call, Charlie. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Yeah, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, there's so uh, obviously the world has lots going on, but it has been interesting, right? And I alluded to this here and there over times is, again, my observation just looking locally, but also, you know, as we bump up sometimes to nationally, is I just don't think the Democratic Party as a whole. Rep- represents the average day American, let alone minorities and immigrants as they say they do. And I think that average everyday Americans, as well as immigrants, minorities, in this case, we're talking about Native Americans, they've been losing that if they ever had it, right? I mean, usually they, we default to it's the party of that. 
And the reality is, is if you look nationally, right, Latino Americans are moving over to the conservative side at a mass rate, a mass rate. And when I lived in San Diego, I mean, the culture was so intermixed that the fact is down on the street, most of those families were Christian and conservative and they were living their American dream. And so then you, you know, you go to other minority categories and I would just say, look at your democratic leaders across the nation and even locally. Like, are they really representing you? Are they really helping your best interests to live the best American life you can? And I think that the answer is not even close. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. We're back, Johnny. I was just thinking, uh, studio station, we're probably not making as much money now that political season's over right now with all the ads we had uh, on this show in particular. I was listening to the morning show this morning, and you know, Mark Vale does his dad jokes at the end of the first half hour and there were listeners texting in wondering why he was doing it at that point and jack mitchell goes as simple we actually have more airtime to like That's just right. talk right now because we so there you go folks hey, guess what here on klin and drive time lincoln we got advertising space <laughs> uh if you like what you're hearing uh want to reach a broad audience uh call up klin because uh let's be honest there's no show like this one in Lincoln, and the the morning crew does a phenomenal job as well. We need more crossover. That's too fun. Hey, there's a thunderstorm watch uh, in effect till 9 p.m. If you didn't know, uh, again, welcome to Nebraska weather. Um, so we're going to keep rolling on on a talkative Thursday. We're just kind of making it up, uh, trying to decompress from the primary. The Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400, as well as the text line, is open. Uh, going to give uh, Johnny some time in the second segment to uh, ask some questions. Johnny Cadillac, excuse me. Uh, the other thing I already know, Johnny, caller Johnny, is already waiting online. Johnny, we'll get to you after the break. But I do have to say, um, and I'm happy to take your call, but I did hear you on an Omaha station, and I felt like you were cheating on the show. I felt like, how dare he call in there like he calls into my show? And basically doubles up his time. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe he's a political activist. Which, eh, you know, that's fair to a degree. Uh, but in the end of the day, I'm, uh, you know, I want good thoughts. And so I'm looking forward to your call. And uh, I would just say, you know, that uh, cheating on us thing doesn't go over well here. 1,499.3-KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes 
only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, the crew out there on the phone lines and the Rick st- yeah. Rickstein Recognition Outline, uh, they always send me good stuff, and uh, we'll get to that in a minute. One of the things I, I wanted to comment on, and I've been wanting to do it for a while, and this is as good a time as any is, you know how there's so many charities out there, and, and I specifically, obviously, look at military charities and first responder charities, and I have to say, I as a human being, as a former military guy, I'm always a little doubtful at first, right? Because there are a lot of fake charities, and that's sad, right? Because they steal people's money and they don't do what they say they're going to do. And I have never had any personal relationship with Tunnels to Towers. And Tunnels to Towers is clearly a, a national organization. And, you know, I see Mark, you know, Marky Mark talking about it on TV. I see their mission on TV. But I've never really known. Well, I'll tell you what. Tunnels to Towers is so legit. Uh, We're going to have Melissa Wood on eventually because Tunnels to Towers, as you know, covers, (laughs) I mean, first responders to military. They've done phenomenal things with building smart homes for people. Do you remember, as you should, all of us should, Mario Herrera and his tragic death, Lincoln police officer shot, Tunnels to Towers stepped in and helped that family tremendously i would have never known this obviously nobody wants credit but in the end of the day like when you can take a national organization and put local face on it and know that it's fulfilling its mission that makes me feel good and they are going to have an event on august 27th so it's way away but a tunnel to tower 5k and um i am more than happy to help publicize that excuse me and talk about that mission because um, it has made a difference right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So cool. So cool when we come together and do the right things. All right, Johnny, it's your time on Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I do call into a lot of shows, nationally syndicated shows. Okay, uh, I didn't know that. You've admitted yeah. it. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're, pro- you're probably one of the ones who could probably dox me. I mean, uh, I-, I don't know. I mean, no, uh, I don't dox people. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys uh, you probably have a lot of uh, spy technology. <laughs> yeah, we're not that sophisticated. I have said some things very harsh on people, uh, but I don't dox them. Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, because I do call into a lot of Yes, shows. cool. Well, what do you got that. today? Um, voter ID, voter suppression. Um, I'm just wondering, well... If, do you think if, voter ID is voter suppression? I think it will be for the group of older people in retirement homes. I mean, if you have to get out there and you got a walker, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to show your ID. I mean, is someone going to show up at your house and check your ID so you can vote? So that's kind of where I'm going with that. But, uh, I mean, if there is voter suppression, which you're saying there won't be, um, will Republicans step up and try to correct the problem, or will they sit back and laugh and enjoy the outcome? That's kind of what I'm, okay. what well. I'm wondering. Uh, also... I, I think it was uh, every every man Dan who yes. went on your show and and said uh, if everybody got a receipt for their vote that would that would help uh, clear up some issues. I, I think it was him who said it. 
But I kind of think that's a good idea. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I got a, a little receipt printed off of my vote and there was an issue, I could go to the local, you know, county election commission yeah. and uh, say, hey, you know, my vote is not correct or it is correct, you know, and, and show them sure. the receipt and clear things up. But, yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call. All right, Johnny, have a good day. Um, take them backwards again. Uh I, listen, I can't recall if it was every man Dan that came up with that. Uh, Johnny supports getting a receipt for voting. I, I can't at this moment in life think why there's a bad idea to that. Uh, you know, with the technology we use today and the receipts we get for everything else, you know, having a barcode slash scan number uh, that, you know, says, hey, you voted. And then, you know, basically here's your paper trail. Um, that you can come back in and, you know, discuss that with election commissioners and, and the architecture of elections. I mean, I, I don't personally know or have any information of why that would be a bad thing. Um, it's not something I'm necessarily going to investigate, but from a idea theory standpoint, I can't see anything wrong with that. Voter ID, I guess I'll break it down to what we know in Nebraska. The vast majority and majority of Nebraskans support support voter ID. And and I really think it needs to get on the ballot this year. And we've heard from the Secretary of State Bob Evnen, you know, statistically speaking, the cost of Nebraskans getting a voter ID is very manageable. So let's throw that one out as an excuse of why we shouldn't. Most of us, vast majority, have IDs, right? We we have a way to prove who we are. And there are circumstances. Johnny brings up one with elderly people. There is no doubt in a state of roughly 2 million people um, that the folks that have trouble getting around town, elderly or folks, you know, that don't have vehicles or, or whatever, that we could pony up as citizens and the state and local governments and find a way to get all of our citizens a voter ID if it passes. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we just don't have the vast numbers here in this state to do it. Nationally, do I think it's a great idea? I absolutely do. Now, voter suppression, that's been used as a counter-argument to, okay, that'll, that, that is voter suppression if somebody has to have an ID. I mean, let's just break it down to the simplest forms. You need to be able to prove who you are to cast your vote in the United States. We need to have that. Um, I don't think it's suppression. I don't think that conservatives, as Johnny alluded to, would try to suppress or go uh, further with it other than what it is prove who you are to cast a vote in the united states of america legally um as a matter of fact i think that both sides for the most part are all about trying to get as many people to vote you know turn out the vote in america as we can i think both sides champion that and the only addition of voter id is just to make sure that get out and vote and prove who you are so we know your vote is legal. Um, that's an argument that's going to go on for a long time. In the state of Nebraska, I think we could get it done. I know that the vast majority of Nebraskans support it. And so 
I hope it'll get on the ballot. I know I've already signed to get it on the ballot, without a doubt. But good thoughts with Johnny, and he owned up to it. That was pretty cool. Oh, Johnny Cadillac, can you challenge me today? Challenge me today. I can challenge you? Well, I mean, I, I gave you a heads up, and I'm still curious. You can't tell the audience that. They, now they'll know it was pre-canned. I don't know what your answer is. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I, I think you've talked about it a little bit on the show, and um, I don't know. I've just been thinking about it more and more lately. So I wanted to come to the show today, and I want to I talk to you about the whole uh, gambling and the casinos being now open in the state of Nebraska. You know, I know they're, they got to do some work to get people trained to run the tables sure. and the machines. And but I want to talk to you about where your stance is, and uh, you know, with everything like the tax dollars and uh, and addictions or anything else. Just take away. That's okay. what I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, well, the multi-part question by Johnny Cadillac. Pretty good. It's better than golf. Uh, what? In, not not better than golf, but. Me given one question to ask you and say, what's your next golf plan? Oh, that was so. the weakest question of all questions when I gave <laughs> so, you our time. This is better than that for me <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah, multi-part question. Okay. Uh, so this is where a lot of the realist in me comes out. First of off, first off, I thought Nebraska was way late on legalizing gambling. Like... A generation late. Why? Because people gamble. People gamble and they're not going to stop gambling. And I can remember growing up uh, in Fremont, right? It started with Powerball. It started with Keno. There were some, uh, I think some of the uh, Indian reservations were able to have some gambling. And I can remember Council Bluffs, right? Blowing up. And so, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do with regard to gambling, whether it's overt or whether it's under the table, say, your local book sports gambling. Anybody that's uh, essentially been around Lincoln and the University of Nebraska knows there's a lot of college students that love to at that age group, you know, to, to sports gamble. I think there's a lot of adults that do, too. So anyway, people gamble. That's a fact. And a good majority of them do. The second reason that I think we were late and the reality of, of uh, the new casinos going up is that, folks, we don't have a lot of people in Nebraska for our landmass. And so that means that we have higher than average taxes. It's just a fact. We have high taxes in Nebraska. Now, Governor Ricketts passed a, a great tax reform, historic actually. And that's awesome, right? Especially as conservatives, we're trying to be fiscally conservative with taxpayers' money and we're trying to get taxes down, right? Limited government, that whole deal. Well, economically, the money generated by casinos, whether it be Las Vegas or Council Bluffs, is huge. It's a huge almost once-in-a-lifetime offset to the people of said state for their taxes. Okay, so you have people that are going to gamble. They're going to do that service. That service, if legalized, then generates once-in-a-lifetime tax revenue for the state back to the people, right, to fund our government. And when you look at Council Bluffs, right, 
I mean, I can swim. Most of us, honestly, all of us, uh, give me 10 minutes with you and you could swim across the Missouri River. I mean, we could swim to it. And I can't remember what the last number was, but I thought I, I thought there was an estimate of Nebraskans spend roughly $450 million in tax revenue in Council Bluffs. Now, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but it was a huge number. Nebraskans. So we're not even talking about Iowans coming over to Nebraska and giving us some tax revenue. And so in that part, that's a win-win. We're getting tax revenue. Now, Johnny, you brought up a point. And I happen, as I've said before, I've had my struggles with addiction. And so I know a little bit about it. Not an expert, but I know a little bit about it. And here's what I know. Gambling, and I know people that have had gambling addictions, right? And and they no longer gamble. Nothing. Zero. They don't bet on the golf course. They they don't gamble. They had an addiction. And that is a real concern when there's access to casinos. Now, most of the people that I do knew um, their, their thing is gambling on sports. And you can find bookies all over. You don't have to look hard. Um, but as far as that goes, that revenue, that added revenue, also bolsters what we in Nebraska are very good with with our social programs in creating monies for programs to help people with that. And just like with alcohol addiction, just like with narcotics, um, yes, it's something that we all have to be aware of. Um, and, you know, as individuals, that that is a risk as friends and loved ones to watch when there is access to gambling. But, again, the realist in me is risk versus reward. So, really, it's the individuals taking the risk, you know, not us as a society. And, you know, we have programs that deal with that and help. And as free people, it is a coming upon ourselves to take responsibility for our decisions and those outcomes, right, with the addiction part of it. And so, I think it's, it's a big win. I think that we'll all benefit from it, and it's something that goes on. I mean, probably the only negative is it might hurt hurt the bookie industry. I mean, good question. Good question, Johnny. Okay, so this is interesting. I made a comment the other day that, uh, you know, here in Lincoln, we're raising the risk style of COVID. Okay, classic. One of the crew, Linda, sent this in, right? Tuesday, Omaha Papers headline. Nebraska not seeing a spike in COVID numbers. That was Tuesday's headline. I'm not joking. In Omaha, 50 miles. You know my theory that Omaha, Bellevue, Lincoln, we're essentially one city, right? There is so much inner city commerce, inner city travel daily. You know, it's not like Chicago and L.A., Right. Eastern Nebraska is like its own place. Now we have a lot of pride in our individual cities. Right. And I get that. But when you're talking about influenza or COVID, is there local dynamics? Of course there is. Right. But again, that's our biggest paper. Okay. And then Wednesday, the Lincoln Journal Star says the Lincoln's virus risk style moves. You know, and it's right behind, you know, the pill and surges for the wind, or it's right under it. So, again, the placing of it. My whole point, and I think Linda's point, and it's a great text, is once again, I mean, on this COVID issue, can we not get straight talk? Can we not get straight talk? I guess we can't. 
1,499.3 You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back just a couple of minutes before we close the show. Uh, Scott, I made a promise I can't keep. What will it take for everyone in the conservative party to come together and unite for November? I'm going to have to cover that next week. That is a great question. I have tons of thoughts on it. Uh, my first blog is out. Um, I'll repost it on Twitter and my second blog dealing with Lancaster County conservative party politics that I've understood uh, will be out tomorrow some point. So I post those out on Twitter and you'll see them. But uh, that is a question that I think we all should talk about a lot. We need to come together as conservatives. So uh, great text. Uh, OG Steven, it's great. Uh, what type of candidate is going to take to get rid of the mayor? Um, well, that that's why I have an exploratory committee on day 18. And we're learning a lot of lessons through this primary and we're trying to understand uh, local conservative politics, because clearly, if I were to run, I'd run on the conservative ticket. And um, But there's other good people out there as well. And here's what I know. Conservatives definitely uh, want to start changing the game here in Lincoln and Lancaster County. Uh, but it's going to be a values-based conservative, without a doubt. Uh, it's not going to be somebody that's just uh, been asked or is a name recognition. Uh, the campaign's going to be uh, both... Kind of digital. I'll be honest with you, Bob Bohr, check out his digital campaign. I mean, the future is digital campaigning and the fact that the guy ran for 30, uh, uh, excuse me, three months and got 70,000 votes. So it's going to be a mix, I think, of a digital type campaign and, and the digital world along with the traditional, obviously, getting out and meeting the people, a huge ground game from the LCRP and whoever the mayor candidate is, as well as, you know, speaking to the values and representing the people. That's the type of candidate I think it's going to take. I uh, know my committee and I are talking a lot about that. Um, like I said, whether it's me or whether it's uh, supporting another candidate, uh, we gotta we got to make moves as conservatives. How are the police numbers looking real quick? Well, uh, hey folks, hate to say, uh, year to date, uh, arson's up 107%, arsony for motto 45%, weapons offenses 45%, vandalism 51%. That's facts. 1,499.3.